got to be forever. You're too wise for mistakes. You are a mighty God, perfect in all your ways. You were here before my first breath, and you'll be here when nothing else is left. You are a mighty God, forever and always. Say you're too big.
Welcome to the Good Shepherd program here at Life Eternal Radio. My name is Pastor Abraham Isiche. I thank the Lord. He is my Savior. He is my Lord. He is my all in all. It is a wonderful day um, to be in the presence of the Lord. And uh, in this program, we will share on the topic uh, not only in words, not only in words. We know that the words Christ speaks to us are words of life and the words of truth and they come and are demonstrated in our lifestyles. It comes with power. And so we shall look at what Paul means, uh, uh, what Paul is revealing to us through, uh, what the Holy Spirit, rather, is revealing to us through Paul, and uh, hopefully reveal unto us and teach us and, and show us things that have not been heard, things that have not been uh, seen, uh, neither have they entered the hearts of men. Let us pray. Father, receive glory, honor, and adoration. Thank you for this wonderful day that you have given unto us, Father, that we may, we, we may exalt you. You have given us another opportunity, mighty God, that we may lift your name up high, now we may speak of your goodness and your kindness and reveal you to the world um, that the world may know that truly you are God and there is no other a God who deserves uh, or desires fellowship and that Father we also may desire fellowship with you knowing that in abiding in you then we shall experience uh, the true life that comes through your Son, Jesus Christ. So, Father, speak to us, speak to each one of us uniquely. Reveal and open your heart to us, Father. We hunger to eat and drink from you, the food that never perishes, the drink um, of life that we shall thirst no more. Father, it is our desire as your children and your sons to dwell in your presence. I want to commit, Lord, every individual who will listen to this message, that Father, the message may be transform, may bring a transformation in their lives and in their relationships. May God that they may desire to walk more with you, Lord that they may desire that your spirit may lead them and guide them and protect them, O oh Father, as you lead them in the everlasting life. Thank you, Jesus, for the work you already accomplished on the cross. Thank you for the work you are doing towards us right now. And thank you for the work that is ahead of us, knowing that it is only possible by the spirit of the living God, that Father, the work that you have prepared before our hand for us, that we should walk in them, being led 
and guided by your spirit. In the name of the beloved son we commit. Let it be so. In the book of 1st Thessalonians chapter 1 from verse 4 to 5 Paul is writing to the church in Thessalonians um and he is delighted that he has a lot of pleasant memories of the days he spent with the church while it was in its infant state he is delighted that their faith their hope their love their perseverance in the face of persecution are exemplary and therefore that gives him courage and strength to labor as a spiritual parent for the church pledging the church uh, a spiritual parent to the church that it may be richly rewarded and that its faith may be seen all over the world so he says this beginning from uh the second verse we give thanks to god always for you all making mention of you in our prayers remembering without ceasing your work of faith your labor of love and patience of hope in our lord jesus christ in the sight of our god and father he remembers them for this three things the work of faith the labor of love and the patience of hope faith works love labors hope remains patient all is in jesus christ in the sight of god and the father verse 4 knowing beloved brethren your election by god for our gospel did not come to you in word only but also in power and in the holy spirit and in much assurance as you know what kind of men we are among you for your sake verse 6 and you became followers of us and all and of the lord having received the word in much affliction with the joy of the holy spirit not only in words now when the servants of the lord speak the words of god when the servants of the lord preach the gospel we are well aware that it is the lord who speaks through them 
just as much as we know that scriptures even though we they were written by men they were inspired by the holy spirit now um i know we've heard that that the scriptures were written by men but something that comes to me is that in the book of john chapter 1 verse 12 and 13 the bible says but as many as received him to them he gave the right to become children of god to those who believed believe in his name who were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but of god in the book of acts chapter 17 uh, acts chapter 23 not 17 Paul says that we are the offsprings of God. We are the offsprings of God's 1729. And if that is the case that is the case then we are not men we are children of god if we are children of god then we are gods for we say that the young one of a dog as much as we call it a puppy is a dog as a young one of a cow as much as we call it a calf is still a cow the young one of men is still a man the young one of a human being is still a human being and so if we are born of god then we are gods and therefore the scriptures were written by gods inspired by the spirit of men scriptures are not a creation or imagination of men ministers true ministers who preach christ who are led by the spirit the words that they speak from their pulpit and in their fellowships are words of Christ and the words of Christ are both spirit and life because we know scripture is spirit breath if the spirit of god is not involved in the scriptures if the spirit 
of God is not invoked, then what you are left with is just a collection of words. And men have resulted in studying the word and uh, understanding the word from their intellect and they miss what the Spirit of God is saying. And so first things first, it is the Spirit that gives understanding to the Scriptures. The Word God goes forth to fulfill its purpose. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God goes forth to fulfill its purpose and only those whom God has loved, only those whom God have appointed to be the recipients, they are the ones who are then empowered to receive the word and the word comes with much power. The word comes with much power. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17, Paul says, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect, not with the wisdom of words. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us, us who are being saved, it is the power of God. To us who are being saved. Now when Paul is speaking to the church of Thessalonica, he says, Knowing, in verse 4, Beloved brethren, your election in God. Knowing, beloved brethren, your election in God. Those who have been elected by God. Those who are called. Those who are called. Paul says this in back to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 in verse 24. Those who are called, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. And so the words of Christ are not just words, they are power. He says, my words are spirit and life. The words that Christ speaks to us, they are spirit. They bring life to every aspect of your life. They bring life to everything that is attached to you. And that life comes with so much power, radical power, transforms 
your thinking system transforms the way you see things it opens your spiritual eyes to see who you truly are and what your relationship with Christ really is like in Romans chapter 1 verse 16 Paul says that I preach Christ for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes for the Jew first and also for the Gentile it is the power of God to salvation that gospel of Christ the message of Christ the words of Christ in those words the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written the just shall live by faith now paul considers himself as a herald of the gospel and in this day and age those who have been appointed by god to be ministers are heralds of the gospel they are carriers of the gospel this precious gospel has been entrusted in their hearts by god to be delivered to the people who have been called by god he has entrusted this treasure in the earthen vessels that we may carry the gospel to those who have been called those who have been elected those who have been chosen by God that they may be taught of God that they may grow in their spirit men to begin to be partakers in the divine nature of God the words that Christ speaks to us through his servants the words that he speaks to us directly are not just words they have power and they are wisdom they reveal to us the wisdom of God now i say it to those who are called Paul says in the same scripture we read earlier 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 24 to those who are called to those who are called Christ is the power and the wisdom of God those who are called those who are chosen those who are elected and predestined to be conformed to the image of the son 
the words of God come with a transforming power to transform you. And so every time we are reading scriptures and listening to the Father as he speaks to us through the scriptures, we are receiving power. We are being clothed in power. Power to turn things that were dead to resurrect them back to life. power to speak hope in the moments of affliction and tribulation power to rejoice when we are going through the same afflictions just as Jesus to have our eyes raised up to heaven just as Jesus we endure affliction because of the hope that has been set before us and so the heralds of the gospel the heralds of the gospel have been entrusted with this mission to speak to us to speak to you their job is not to comfort you in your misery their job is not to join you in pity parties they have been entrusted with the message of the gospel to come to you and to call you to stand firm to call you to come out of the mire clay to call on you to challenge you and to teach you the ways of the spirit that we may pay attention to every word that God is speaking to us and to learn humility. It says in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 8 that I caused you to hunger that I may humble you. And so the words of God come with power to humble you that you may know that man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God now we say words have power uh we put it this way uh the words have power to life or death words can create life or words can create death 
to those who have been chosen and elected Jesus says that I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly and therefore as we are led by the spirit as we are taught of God we are headed towards being partakers in the divine nature preaching is only effective when god is at work the book of thessalonians again thessalonica thessalonians chapter 1 Verse 5, one that we read earlier as we started. Paul says, For our gospel did not come to you in words only, but also in power and in the spirit and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. Our gospel, of course, as i said the heralds of the gospel they carry the gospel as if it is their own because they are, are so much driven with passion of christ to deliver the message of the gospel to those who have been chosen those who have been called that they may begin to experience life in christ and so we have no doubt that the words of Christ are working in you the words of Christ are working in every area of your life to transform you to change to radically change the way you think about yourself your identity the way you think about your position the way you think about your resources and your inheritance and to teach you and give you power to activate you those three things to activate your identity you know if you know if you are a child of a king then that knowledge changes the way you think of yourself and the way you carry yourself the knowledge that you have something let's say if you have a million dollars in your bank account the knowledge of that causes you to behave differently that's inheritance the knowledge of who you are and the position you occupy also affects the way you relate or react to things around you now we shall see how this 
power works and develops us to mature to function fully as God called us to function and we shall look into that after a short break stay tuned we will be back shortly
Welcome back. Uh, we are discussing about the words of Paul to the church of Thessalonica, where he commended them for their faith, their patience, and their hope. And we are talking about uh, the message of Christ, not just in words, but also in power. And we also saw that um, the message of salvation is to those who are being called, those who have been chosen, those who are known to be Christ's. And to them, the message comes to confront their way of thinking. The message comes to do away with the wisdom of this world, to replace that with the wisdom of God. The message comes to replace the food that perishes with the food that does not perish. The message comes to replace the drink that you will thirst over and over again to replace that with a drink that once you drink of it, you shall never thirst again. Now, in order to grow, in order for the words of the Spirit to have power and to make manifest in our lives, then it demands that we invest into the Word of God, be it through reading scriptures and meditating upon them, or hearing God. Actually, it is both because it's not a matter of choice. Through reading scriptures, you hear God and you spend time with the Word of God. Then the process of transformation begins taking effect in your life. You know somebody by spending time with them. And so our relationship with the Word is not a casual relationship. It is a relationship that grows in levels of intimacy. For those who are dating, those who have been married, I know this. Uh, when you meet somebody that you think you love, you desire to spend time with them that you may get to know them. You desire to ask them questions as well as reveal yourself to them. And you do that through communication. 
you do that going out for dinners, for dates, spending time together, watching movies, doing stuff together. Because the more time you spend with that person, the more you find yourself comfortable to open your open up or open yourself up to them and allowing them into your personal space the more time you spend with them the more you give them the key to access the deep secrets about your life after spending time ample time you now make a decision whether you want to continue with that relationship or not and if the things you have discovered in the course of your dating are pleasing to you and earn your trust then you set yourself up to plan to spend your time the rest of your life together with that individual now for us to begin to experience the power of the word of the gospel the power of the message of the gospel for us to begin inheriting and making use of the inheritance making use of the promises that God has released to us then time becomes of great essence the time you spend with the word of God becomes of great importance takes priority over everything else Now God desires to take us out on a date. He desires to date you. He even tells the sinners, "Come, let us reason together. Come, taste of my goodness and see that I am a good God." And he has given promises upon promises to you that you may see the value of spending time with God and allowing his word to change you to become more like him and those who have agreed to go out on a date with God God begins revealing to them the beauty of dwelling in his presence the joy of salvation the joy of being made whole God shows them the power that is in him to transform lives and grant them hope that is in Christ 
Jesus. Now the more you spend time, the more you begin to see the value of your time with God. Now you begin to say that if I am a child of God, then I am destined to inherit life in life abundantly. I am predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. I am predestined to inherit the inheritances, the promises that he has given me. But one thing is clear is that suffering, afflictions, tribulations will not be eliminated in the process of spending time in identifying yourself with God. Now, back to the scenario of dating, when two people are dating, rarely do they talk about the struggles and the afflictions because at that time you are presenting the best to your date because you want them to spend time with you. Yes, you may share the struggles you may have had in the past, but more often you will find that they discover uh, things about you by themselves. They discover things uh, or, or some of the uh, issues you are struggling with. Uh, and they do so by virtue of spending time with you. But in our relationship with the Father, we discover that our Father has nothing to struggle with. He is a perfect God. He is a God who is complete, a Father who is able to provide, to sustain, to uphold, and to guide you in your work of faith. And like men who make promises that they cannot keep, when you spend time with the Father, you discover that He does not make empty promises. The words that He speaks to us, He sees it, that it fulfills the purpose for which they were designed to fulfill. The promises that He has released he makes them available for you and I to access and to use, not just in the next world, but even right now. Promises such as healing, being the bread of the children, are for your access and your use calling forth things that are not as though they are 
that is the activation of faith, you begin to take hold of things that were once stolen by the enemy and reclaiming them back sevenfold. Your joy, your peace, your patience, your love, your relationships, your hopes, your dreams that the enemy has stolen from you, you begin to claim them back. And you also grow to know how to go about claiming these things back, accessing the promises and using them to experience the abundance of life that he has promised you. Now, many believers stagnate because they have not known how to access the promises that God has given to them. The book of James says that your desire for things and you end up fighting because we do not know how to ask. This is in the book of James chapter 4 verse 2. book of James chapter 4 verse 2 and 3. James says you lost and you do not have, you murder and covet and cannot obtain, you fight and war yet you do not have because you do not ask. And those who ask You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Now, the word of God is not just in the the, the message of the gospel. The word of God is not just in words, but also in the demonstration of power. When the word comes to you, it does not come to agree with you. It does not come to agree with you. It comes to radically change you and to grow you, to develop you, to start thinking like Christ. Now, Baby Christians, children of God, yes, children of God, are children because they have not yet learned. They have not yet, keyword is yet, 
they have not yet learned the ways of the Spirit of God or the ways of God. We call them baby Christians. They are still walking under the elements of the earth or the world. They are still driven with sensual passions. Yes, they are children of God, but they are childish. Paul says, when I was a child, I spoke and I thought as a child. But this child needs to grow through spending time and eating from the table of the Lord. This child needs to grow to know who he is, where he is, and what he has for use in his life in the family of God. Book of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 7, Jesus says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, you shall find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. The way to access our inheritance, the way to access the promises that have been delivered, made towards us, is by asking, by seeking, by knocking. And the access will be granted to you. Now, how we ask? We ask through the Spirit of God. In the book of Romans chapter 8 and verse 26, the Bible says that the Spirit of God helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercessions for the saints according to the will of God. And so we do not know what to ask. We do not know how to seek. We do not know how to knock. We do not know what 
we should pray for, not how, but what we should pray for. I have heard many believers claim that they do not know whether they are in the will of God or whether whatever they are doing is the will of God or not. And they struggle trying to find the will of God. You end up spending your whole lifetime trying, trying to find the will of God. Now there is a simple solution to this. And we shall discuss about that solution after a short break. Enjoy the worship music and then we shall be back momentarily.
welcome back again this is pastor abraham Mabua, we are talking about spending time uh, the words of god towards us and not just uh, in word but also in power in the demonstration of power the words that god speaks to us do not come just in words but also in power and we have also discussed um the desire of god for us to spend time with him in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 4 Paul says and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom but the demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men but in the power of God and so we speak wisdom among those who are mature but not the wisdom of this age nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages of glory that wisdom is accessed through spending time with God getting to know the heart of God and by spending up all time with God then we are equipped to be partakers in the divine nature now let us turn to the book of john chapter 15 uh john chapter 15 we find there are three forms of abiding and they are um let us begin from verse one i am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser every branch in me that go that does not bear fruit he takes away and every branch that bears fruit he prunes that it may bear more fruit you are already clean because of the words which i have spoken to you now the words of god are not just in word but also the wisdom of god is not just in word but also in power and so the first thing the words that god speaks to us is to cleanse us to remove all wrong thinking to remove the worldly way of life and in its place to begin guiding and teaching us in the wisdom of God as we have discussed these 
you grow in this by spending time together with God. And so we come to the first level of abiding. Verse 4, Jesus says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. And so the first level of abiding is, is, is abiding in Christ Jesus. To those who received him, those who believed, he gave them the right to become the children of God. That is the entry point into the family of God, into the abiding with God. Now, your first step is to receive the cleansing by the Spirit of your thinking, your way of life, your relationships, and just as clay on a potter's wheel, things that do not uh, represent you as a child of God are done away with. Once those are done away with, once the word has done its job in cleansing you, you begin bearing fruit. A branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in me. And so you bear fruit, you start becoming fruitful. He goes on to say, I am the vine, you are the branches, he who abides in me, I in him, bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Your fruitfulness grows as you continually spend time with the Father. And the Father cleans off the impurities in your life through pruning you, getting rid of the unwanted, taking out the living out of your life. It is a process that we all have to go through because we all once walked in the ways of this world. When you begin bearing much fruit, the Father ushers you into a deeper level of fellowship. Now that you are abiding in Christ, the Father invites you deeper into a fellowship where you start abiding into his word. And so he says in verse 7, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it will be done for you. Now you see, the asking begins in the second abiding. In the first abiding, you are learning. You are learning the wisdom of God. You are in the school of abiding, if there is anything like that. You are learning how 
to live as a child of God. How to live as a priest and as a king, a royal priesthood. How to live as a peculiar nation. How to live as God's chosen person. In the second level of abiding, you have matured that now you can ask for anything and it shall be given or done for you. Because at that point, you all the impurities have been taken away. You are no longer self-centered. All evil desires and the lusts of this world have been dealt with uh, in your childhood stage. And now you are clean, you are pure, you are now thinking like God, you are led by the Spirit of God. At this level, you have learned to walk by the Spirit. For as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. And so I would say that John 1, 12 and 13 calls you to be first abiding. Romans chapter 8, pretty much the whole of it, calls you into the second abiding. Where you walk, you learn, you now learn to walk in the spirit. Now, Walking in the Spirit demands that all your senses, walking in the Spirit demands that your senses be shut down, that you only obey what God says to you as a Father, and you meditate upon the Word that he has already spoken to you. For that is the mark of discipleship. Discipline, spiritual discipline. Sons have learned to train the members that are on this earth to starve them of the things and the desires of this world and to concentrate on fattening the spirit man. And so they begin to walk and think and speak as Jesus spoke. It is at this level of abiding that the mind of Christ begins to develop in you. You learn humility. You learn joy in affliction. You learn patience in tribulation. 
you learn to love as you have been loved. Jesus goes on to say in verse 9, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. And so, once you have learned to walk in the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit, you are now ushered into the third level of abiding, and that is abiding in His love. This is a very mature level where you become partaker in the divine nature of God. In the book of Second Peter, chapter 2, First Peter, sorry. Uh, chapter one, verse three and four. Verse three says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to His abundant mercy, has begotten us." again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away reserved in heaven for you. Now you are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to be praise, to, to, to praise, to honor and glory, at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So at this level of faith, you, your love is maturing and you greatly rejoice even in the midst of afflictions. You greatly rejoice even in the midst of afflictions. Now, the level of abiding in the love of God. You begin to function in the divine power uh, that has been made accessible to you. 
second peter chapter 3 as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these ye may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust so three levels of abiding abiding in Christ the entry point of abiding as a child as many as have received him as many as have believed in him to them he gave them the right to become children of God those who have been born again entry level is level of abiding in Christ and then a child is expected to feed the pure milk to desire the pure milk of the word that the word may do its work remember the word is not just in word but also in power and so it does its work in cleaning your thinking removing the unwanted uh taking now to the living in that level of abiding then you mature or you graduate into grade 2 which is the abiding in his word the word of god is life and spirit and so you begin to learn how to walk in the spirit you begin to learn how to be led by the spirit this is the level where you inquire of the lord you inquire of the lord no assumptions no presumptions no looking back at the move of god that happened yesterday or last week or last year your eyes are fixed on jesus looking for what jesus is doing and saying in that present moment man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds continuous present proceeds out of the mouth of god and so you learn to hear god by investing your time in scriptures you learn to hear god by investing yourself in hearing god your obedience fulfills the requirement of the word and so you submit yourself to the word and you obey you receive the word submit yourself to the word irrespective of what you feel what you think and what you know and you obey the word remember i said a child is still under the elements of this world 
So they are still judging the word of God based on what they know, what they see, and what they hear, and what they are willing to do. But at the level of abiding in his word, that changes. You no longer are under the elements of this world. You are under the spirit of God. And so the only job you do is to abide by the word. Abide in his word. To to receive it. To submit yourself to it. And to obey the word. And once your obedience is fulfilled. uh, Once your obedience is fulfilled. Then. You begin, you, you, you get into the entry level of abiding in the love of God. You can only function as God when your obedience is fulfilled in you. Jesus says that the enemy the devil has nothing in me. In other words, my obedience to the word of the Father on the inside is fulfilled, is complete. There is nothing you can find that causes me to walk in holy or causes me to walk in a manner that does not represent the Father. And therefore, the obedience in me is fulfilled. And now I'm in a position to punish the disobedience outward or outside. And we punish that disobedience through love. Where Jesus speaks of loving even those who despitefully shame you. Praying for those who seek to destroy you. That the love of Christ in you may overwhelm them. That they may begin to see the value of being a child of God. And so, as we reach the conclusion of this session, my prayer for you is to know this word. To know this word. Jesus Christ is the word of God. He is the fulfillment of God in himself. And to have Jesus is to have heaven. To have Jesus in your life is to have everything you have desired. Now I urge you, now that you have Jesus in your life, spend time with him. Grow, mature, abide in him. Abide in his word. Abide in his love. It is in abiding 
in Christ, in his word and in his love that you begin to enjoy the abundance of life that you are able that you are empowered to possess and to take dominion of all the things that God has given to you I pray for you I pray for your family I pray for all those who are connected to you in one way or another that you may reach this level of abiding to the glory and praise of his name thank you for listening see you next time until then may the peace of the lord jesus christ and the love of god and the fellowship of the holy spirit be with you always now and forevermore Amen.